Firefighters made quick work of a basement fire Wednesday evening in southwest Manhattan. The Manhattan Fire Department was called out just before 6 o'clock to 5216 Stonecrest Drive, containing the house fire within 10 minutes. Three people were home at the time but got out safely along with the family dog before firefighters arrived. The fire was ruled accidental due to unattended cooking. Loss has been estimated at $20,000, including content and structural damage. Kansas State University has restored several IT services following a cybersecurity incident that affected many university students and staff last week. Cayman's A.J. Shaw reports. On Wednesday, the university announced that IT services restored the university's VPN, KSU Wireless, KSU Housing, Listserv, and EDU Rome authenticated wireless connections following a week of those services being offline. University students and faculty were also required to change their passwords on Tuesday due to the recent cybersecurity failure. For more information and updates on the cybersecurity failure, you can visit our website at newsradiokman.com for more details. For News Radio KMAN, I'm A.J. Shaw. City officials are working to handle a growing number of potholes that have popped up across the city. The city put out a statement on social media Wednesday noting that it has public works crews out in multiple locations across Manhattan working to patch potholes as quickly as possible, including along Sunset Avenue south of Claflin Road. Residents are advised to use the city's reported app to report any non-emergency issues like potholes. The app is available for free for smartphones, but you can also visit cityofmhk.com slash report it. With weather conditions deteriorating the past few weeks, the Kansas Highway Patrol has been asking drivers to remain safe and practice safe driving tips while out on the roads. Trooper Ben Gardner joined K-Man's Morning News Wednesday and discussed safe driving tips and some things he likes to put in his vehicle if he's ever left stranded. I like to put certain things in my vehicle, hand warmers or blankets always in my Jeep, just because I never know when uh, I might want that blanket if I get myself stuck, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in a really, really good ice scraper, one that extends. I mean, those extension ice scrapers are legit. Uh, so I, I spend a little extra money to get the best ones I can get. Trooper Ben says the Kansas Highway Patrol had uh, responded to a number of accidents the past two weeks, including uh, many slide-offs into the ditch, though thankfully no fatalities. During those busy times this last two weeks, a lot of slide-offs, I mean, just a majority of the calls we have are slide-offs, people driving too fast, and then they find themselves in the ditch and then making the calls to find out how they can get themselves out of the ditch or how they're going to get to work. Uh, it just creates difficulties, um, and then some injury accidents. Fortunate if we had no fatals during the uh, storms or the, the the winter. Trooper Ben joined us on K-Man's Morning News yesterday, and you can find that interview archived at newsradiokman.com in the on-demand section. The conflict between Junction City and Geary County over EMS and fire service continues. Geary County commissioners heard a presentation Tuesday by Finance Director Tammy Robison making the case for the city asking for an overpayment to continue services. Last week, the city commission gave an ultimatum to the county to pay the requested bill by February 20th or lose services. County Commissioner Alex Tyson expressed frustration. We can't continue to go through what now is, it feels like an abusive relationship where you think that you've taken 10 steps forward and everything's good, you're communicating well, boom, oh, we're going to kill your kill the service. County Commissioner Trish Giordano agreed, saying a reasonable offer was made to resolve the dispute, and the city refused it, as it was $38,000 less than the amount billed. The uh, county commission there in Geary County moved to authorize the county counselor's office to pursue available remedies to resolve the ongoing dispute. 
Four seats are open on the Pottawatomie County Commission this year. The board is going to expand from three to five seats next year after voters approved as much in the 2022 election cycle. Candidates in the two new districts, four and five, will be elected to two-year terms, then will be up for a four-year term in 2027, along with the District 1 seat. As of Wednesday, four candidates have filed so far, including incumbent Greg Riot for the 3rd District. The former sheriff will be challenged by Bill Drew of St. Mary's. Former County Clerk Nancy McCarter of Wamego has filed for the 2nd District seat, held by Pat Waxelman. He's stated that he will not be seeking re-election. Armand Bossi of Onega is the lone candidate in the new 5th District, which will encompass the largely rural northern two-thirds of the county. There are currently no filings for the new 4th District, which encompasses the city of St. George and the surrounding township. Pottawatomie County this year will also elect a new sheriff. Two have filed for that race so far, including current undersheriff Doug Adams of Manhattan and St. Mary's Police Chief Derek Sid. Current Sheriff Shane Yeager has announced he will not seek re-election. Elsewhere, Lisa Wright and Betty Jo Abitz have filed for re-election as treasurer and register of deeds, respectively. The filing deadline is June 1st. The primary election is August 6th. The general election will take place on November 5th. Good morning, I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines on KMAM's Morning News. Milan Momsilovich scored 19 as 23rd-ranked Iowa State pulled away late to beat K-State last night in Ames, 78-67. The Wildcats were sluggish to start the night, committing turnovers on each of their first three possessions and missing four of their first five shots. I just thought they were just way more aggressive than us to start the game. I mean, they took us out of the stuff we wanted to do. They were physical um, in, in a good way. Right, and uh, we, we didn't respond well in the first half, I was, but I was pleased with how we responded in the second half. But a 13-1 to run with just over four minutes remaining settled things for the Cyclones and wild stretch that saw K-State coach Jerome Tang get teed up with two minutes to play. I wasn't trying to get a tech. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just thought it was a bad call, and I waved my arm. With the intensity of that game and that moment, I would think that um, we would all be given a little grace in that moment. Right, because and let the players decide on the floor. So that was my fault, right, because I waved my arm. I'll make sure I don't wave my arm next time. Arthur Kaluma with 16 to lead the way. Cam Carter finished with 12 as the Wildcats fell to 4-2 and two in Big 12 play, 14-5 and five overall. They'll next visit Houston Saturday morning at 11. In the top 25 last night, number 8 Auburn falls to Alabama 79-75. Number 10 Illinois to Northwestern, 96-91. Number 14, Marquette, withstands DePaul, 86-73. Number 22, FAU, drops Rice, 69-56. Nevada knocks off number 24, Colorado State, 77-64. And number 25, New Mexico, was 20 better than San Jose State, 95-75. Big 12 women's action last night. Cincinnati drops Oklahoma State, 58-56. Number 10, Texas, loses to Oklahoma, 91-87. Texas Tech hammers Houston 66-48, and Kansas clips Iowa State's women 60-58. The Manhattan High girls open play this afternoon at the Mid-America Classic in McPherson, facing Shawnee Mission East at three in the first of three straight days of basketball action. Scott Mall's team trying to snap a two-game slide after putting together a seven-game winning streak. They're in it for the first time that I can remember. They have a scorer who can, she's averaging about 23 a game, who can hit from anywhere. The tournament includes Wichita Northwest, Johnny Mission South, Olathe South, and over Central, plus the hosting Bullpups and Clearwater. Now the ones that play in it are always really good schools, and they have no fear about 
stepping in and playing a 5A school or a 6A school. They're just got they're complete competing. And we've had Guns games with Clearwater before. We played like Wellington and had good games with them. Coverage this afternoon at 245 on News Radio KMAN. Last night, the Wamigo boys dropped Lewisburg 56 45. Coach Steve Fritz says the Red Raiders put things together in the second half to win for the fourth time this year. We started the game pretty well, had a little bit of a lull there in the second, let them back in it, and then the kids responded really well, come out of halftime, kind of set the tone again like we did at the beginning of the game. and we're able to make some shots, play some good defense, turn them over, and, and kind of get the game going back in, in our direction a little bit. The Wamigo girls blew out Lewisburg 63-26 to win their 10th game on the year. Junction City blew out Hayden in Centennial League boys' action 70-45. They'll host Emporia tonight. K-State baseball landing a trio of players on the preseason All-Big 12 team as it prepares to open the year three weeks from today. Left-handed pitcher Owen Borma infielder Kalen Culpepper and reliever Tyson Neighbors were all selected to the preseason poll for the first time. Neighbors was one of six players around the conference to be named a unanimous selection. Burma finished 7-2 last season as the Friday night started for the Cats and struck out 95. Culpepper spent part of the summer with Team USA after batting 325 with 10 homers and driving in 41 runs for the Cats. Neighbors finished with 11 saves, a 5-1 record, and a 1.85 ERA in 25 appearances. He was named a consensus All-American in the postseason, only the second Wildcat ever honored with that designation. K-State will open at the MLB Desert Invitational in Scottsdale February 16th, 17th, and 18th. They'll face Cal, Boston College, and Georgetown, respectively. Patrick Mahomes has gone from having never played on the road in the postseason to having never lost on the road in the postseason. One successful night in Buffalo changing that narrative in a hurry. Now he'll try to make it two in a row when Kansas City matches up with the Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday for a spot in the Super Bowl. John Harbaugh's team, the top seed, earning the home tilt. We're excited about it. We're looking forward to it. It's a, it's a huge challenge. Playing a great football team, very talented, very well coached, uh, know how to win. They've been in these situations many times. I think they've been in the championship game. Maybe this is their sixth time in a row. So they've been here before. Uh, it'll be a big challenge for us. It's our first time with, with this team and these guys. Uh, but we're up for the challenge, and we're excited. John Harbaugh's team playing the first conference title game in Baltimore in 53 years. The twist? Well, the Chiefs went 6-2 and two on the road in the regular season this year. Sunday's coverage will begin at noon with pregame from the Chiefs radio network. That's followed by coverage from Westwood 1 at 1, and the kickoff of the national broadcast is just after 2. Speaking of the name Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh was named the head coach of the Chargers yesterday, leaving Michigan after capping his ninth season as coach of college football's winningest program with the school's first national title since 1997. 